Welcome to Genesee Valley Church, where we are loving God, loving people, and loving life. This is the year 2022, and this is the year that you are going to bring change into your life. We are praying and believing that this year helps you develop a heart of God for yourself, for your home, and for your family. We know that you will be blessed by the message and the word that God has for you today. Let us help you answer your call and make this your year. pursue God passionately. This is the year that my marriage gets on fire. This is the year that my home finds harmony. This is the year that I experience financial stability. This is the year that I fulfill the plan of God for my life. Maybe this is the year that I'm going to answer the call. Uh, it's the Christmas season, and so during the Christmas season, God's just been kind of stirring my heart in some things concerning this time. And so today is not, again, a Christmas message, but it's addressing just the season of time that we're in. I've already alluded it to, to it as I was talking about the offering, but I said to you that when it comes to Christmas, everything about Christmas is about a move of God. Where God came to visit humanity. And when God came and brought a visitation of heaven to the earth. When there was a move of God on this earth. It forever changed the landscape of our experience in this life. Come on, how many of you know that Jesus came to seek and to save those that are lost? If you know anybody that's lost, there's still time. And I don't know if you are aware of it or not, but there is a time clock of heaven and it is seemingly in the inside coming to an end real soon. And so if you know somebody that needs Jesus, it's a good time to start allowing God to use you as a move of God in the earth. Amen. And so as I said, God is endeavoring to move in this earth. He's moving in our church. And so again, as we begin to wind up this, uh, uh, this year, and again, just as a pastor, one of the things that we always begin to, I guess... Uh, sense is that when we come into the end of the year everybody kind of starts coasting well it's the holiday season we're going to get to the end of the year eventually we'll start a new year get a brand new start have a new beginning and again maybe after a few weeks into the new year we'll kind of get a pace going or kind of get into the swing of things i want to encourage you don't sit down don't get idle don't wait for something to happen or just get by let's jump into the move of god and allow god to begin to stir some things in our hearts our lives our family our church because god is moving in this hour amen and God wants you to experience the best. This is his time that he wants you to know him and experience him. And so I want to bring to your attention just out of the scripture concerning the season of Christmas. And as I've been sharing with you for the last couple of weeks in regards to elements from the word of God concerning the season of Christmas, there are things that God has hidden within the word of God that will help us during this time to experience a move. So if I can, I want to bring to your attention over in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2. And again, you know it as the writing of the Christmas story. But I want to bring it to your attention and share some different points. It says in verse 1, 
Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the day of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them, where is the Christ, or where was the Christ, or the Christ that he was, that was born? Verse 5, it says, so they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophets, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them uh, what time uh, the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the, for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I might come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star when they had seen, uh, uh, which they had seen in the east went before them till it, came and, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then in verse 12, it says, They begin, uh, they being divinely, divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed from there or to their own country another way. Now, in there it says, or there's several points that I want to bring to your attention, but in addition to that, it says they were divinely warned, went to their country a different way, and then the Bible says that when Herod found out about this, he became exceedingly angry. So in other words, he was not just mad, he was enraged. He said, I told those wise men to come back and give me a report. And I see that they disobeyed my orders. They did not come and give me a report as to where the Christ child was. And it says because of this, he gave an order in the land of the people that he ruled to kill the child or the male children two years of age and younger. So, what can we learn from this story? What can we experience right now in the Christmas season of things that we see taking place right here when there was a move of God? There's a move of God that God wants us to experience how do we tap into it? Well, first of all, as we begin to see concerning this scripture, we see number one, there's four points that I want to bring to your attention. Number one, it says that wise men seek the Christ. I've already shared it with you just a minute ago, but in regards to the anointing or the word Christ, Christ is not Jesus' last name. The word Christ is actually a description of who he is. Jesus the Christ actually is translated as Jesus the anointed one and his anointing. What is the anointing? It is the power of God upon Jesus' life. So in other words, the Bible says that wise men seek not only Jesus, but seek the anointing or the power of God that comes along with him. Well, why is that significant? Well, it says to us over here in Isaiah 10, 27, Isaiah 10, 27, it says, And it shall come to pass in that day 
that his burden shall be taken away from off their shoulders and his yoke from off their neck. And the yoke shall be, be destroyed because of the anointing. So what does the anointing do? The anointing is the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God. Amen. How many of you have ever walked around with life and have known that there's a burden on you? Have you ever felt the heaviness on your shoulders? Have you ever felt the monkey on your back? Have you ever just felt like you could not get out from underneath of the cloud? The Bible says that the anointing of Jesus the Christ destroys the yoke and removes the burden. Amen. It says it destroys the yoke. What is the yoke? The yoke, obviously, again, when you think of it in the terms of uh, natural illustrations, it's the livestock that has the yoke placed upon them to toil in their duties, right? And so God never intended for this life to be toil or for us to be in a yoke of bondage. He desired for us to be free. And the Bible says, once again, the anointing destroys the yoke. I believe too many people in the body of Christ have just gotten complacent and used to living life with the yoke. This is my burden to bear. This is just what I know. My mom and daddy, they had this on their life. It's on my life. It's going to be on my life. Have you ever heard somebody, you know, talking? Well, you know, my parents, you know, my, my granddaddy, he died when he was 50 years old. And then my daddy, when he was like 51, he died. And so I'm getting in my 50s. And so, man, I'm just like walk, walking on thin ice. And I'm just treading water here because, man, everybody before me, you know, they went around their 50s. What does that become? That becomes a burden and a yoke where you begin to live under a cloud of fear saying, Dear God, I, I better just count my, my, my lucky chickens right now, right? I don't know where lucky chickens came from. That just came. <laughs> you can use that one day. I don't know if it'll work, but anyway. <laughs> so the anointing destroys the yoke and it removes the burden. Notice what it says over here in Acts chapter 10, starting in verse 38. It says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, who went about doing good and healed all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Notice it says that the anointing destroys the yoke, removes the burden, but of who? Come on, somebody. Did you just read it? Put it back up on the screen so they can see it. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So in other words, if you've ever got a report of having cancer, if you've ever got a report of something bad going on in your life, there is an anointing, there is a power that can destroy and remove the yoke and the burden of that. But it says that that came from the enemy. So if you've ever been under the impression that, well, God's just teaching me something here. No, the Bible says that Jesus was anointed with a power that was to set people free from the, what the enemy wants to bring their way. Amen. The anointing destroys the yoke and removes the burden. So wise men learn not only just to seek Jesus the Savior... But they learn how to seek Jesus, the Christ, the anointed one, and his anointing. So in other words, it's all right for you to say to God, God, I need a little bit of anointing in my life. I need a little bit of power. I need a little bit of power in my life to set me free because I've got some burdens going on right now. 
And I said a little bit of power. If you need a whole lot of power, you just tap hold in and take hold of whatever you have need of. Amen. Now, I know some, they say, well, you know, I just feel like I'm taking advantage of God. You know, I'm just trying to manipulate God. You know, just God will do what he wants to do. But you realize the Bible says this, God knows what you have need of before you ask. So in other words, God says, I've got power available. I've got something available that will destroy the yoke and remove, it in your, remove the burden in your life. But you're just sitting there thinking that I'm going to do something about it. I did something about it. I gave you Jesus. Now take advantage of the, the anointing that's on his life. Amen. Now, let me give you another example because, again, that may not set well with you. And you think, well, I just don't want to come asking God for things, you know. I just feel kind of uncomfortable saying, God, I need some power in my life. Well, it's Christmas time. And for some of you, you might give gifts to your children or to whoever. And it might be a package or a toy or a gift of some kind that says on the package, batteries not included. So when your child opens up that gift, and it's one of those gifts, and it says on the box, batteries not included, what is your child going to say to you? What's the first thing? Where's the batteries? Where's the power? I need some power. Well, you don't say to your child, what is the matter with you, you ungrateful thing? Can't you just be happy with the thing that I gave you? I mean, just look at it. Isn't it amazing? It's one of those little movie robot things. Just look at it and enjoy it. No, you say, I want some power. Because it makes what the gift was given to be all that much more special. Right? So don't think that you can't come to God and say, okay, God, I need a move of God in my life. I need a move of God in my marriage. I need a move of God in my money. I need a move of God in my workplace. I need a move of God in my church. God, send the power. I need some power in my life. I need some anointing because that's what this season is all about, is that he sent Jesus, the Christ, to destroy the yoke and to remove the burden. Amen. Now, I'm going to... Tell on my wife just a little bit right here. So now, ladies, you can relate to this. And so, husbands, you just let me take the heat on this one, all right? But now, my wife, I mean, she's a beautiful woman. But, you know, that beauty just don't come by itself. You know, if you see her in the morning, you're like, ooh, good morning. You know, and she takes a shower. She gets out of the shower, and, you know, the hair is like, ooh. And so she gets ready to come to church. Well, I could, uh, yeah, I got, yeah, it's just, you'll, you'll get the point here in just a minute. But when it comes to my wife, you know, I say, baby, can I help you get ready? And I come and I set the blow dryer on the vanity and I get the straightening iron and I put it on the vanity. And I said, there you go, baby, I helped you. Now, those tools are the things that she needed to make herself look the way she wants to look. But if she plugs those things into the outlet and there is no power for her to have access to a blow dryer or straightening iron, I can guarantee you she would come to church looking a whole lot different than she does right now. So power is needed. And when she has the utensil, she says, I'm expecting there to be power. Amen. And this power is going to make me look different on the outside. And I will also feel better on the inside. So come on. There is the gift of Christmas 
of Jesus Christ, the anointed one. And he says, I'm not just your savior. I am your anointed Christ. And if you'll come to me, you'll receive a power that will set you free. Destroy the yokes and remove the burdens in your life. Can somebody say amen? Amen. God has the answers that we need. And obviously, the Bible says that wise men seek the anointing. Number two, wise men seek a shepherd. Do you recall the Bible says that the prophet said, out of your land will come a shepherd, will come a ruler. And so wise men seek a shepherd. Matthew chapter 9 verse 36 says this, Jesus was moved with compassion because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. So not only was Jesus the anointed one that brings about power that sets us free, he also desires to be a shepherd, a ruler, a guide in our life. Amen? Have we received the shepherd? I'm assuming y'all are wise men and wise women in here, right? So wise men seek a shepherd. Well, notice what it says here over in Psalms 23, starting in verse 1. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Well, how many of us are wanting nowadays? There seems to be a whole lot of want in the church. Well, if God is who he says he was and he sent Jesus the shepherd, he says that the shepherd, he said, I shall not want. He makes me lay down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul and he leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Now let's pause just for a moment because as I'm reading this, I'm starting to realize that, you know, many times we've heard this scripture so much that we can just quote it just off the top of our head. Oh yeah, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me, leads me in besides still waters, green pastures, all that good stuff. Yep, praise the Lord. This is what he is to us. This is what the anointing has made available to us. Are we walking in it? Because there is a move of God. All right, let's continue. He says, I walk through the valley of the shadows of death. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house. Everybody say the house. The house of the Lord forever. I wonder if the house of the Lord and the shepherd have anything to do with one another. Because the shepherd goes to the house. Amen? And they dwell in my house forever. Praise God. God wants us to learn to rely on the shepherd. To follow his leading for our life. Now let me just kind of give you a a side thought here. Because here's one of those things that, you know, because of our experiences over life. In fact, if I could ask a show of hands and say, how many's ever had a bad experience in church before? (laughs) I think everybody would raise your hand. How many of you has ever had a bad opinion of church or bad opinions of preachers or had a bad experience with a pastor? And I'm sure everybody would raise their hand. 
And so if we're not careful, what ends up happening is that we start to take on the attitude and say, well, you know what? I'll, I'll let myself be directed by the shepherd, Jesus. But you know, as far as that old, all that other shepherd stuff, you know, what I, 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 you say take it or leave it. I'll just leave it because I, I've been hurt before. I've had bad experiences before. In fact, I've talked with individuals before because of their experiences. They say, you know what? I'll never submit to a man again. I'll submit to the Lord Jesus, but I'll never submit to, a, to a, a pastor. Yeah, I know he's supposed to be a shepherd, but I'll never submit to a pastor. But I'll submit to Jesus. And doesn't that sound good? Or sound, I guess, somewhat reasonable. But here's the thing. If you can't learn how to submit to leadership in your life, whether it's a pastor or just natural leadership, You'll never submit to Jesus. I want you to hear that. I said, if you can't learn to submit to natural leadership, you'll never submit to Jesus. And you say, well, yes, I will. Don't tell me I won't. Well, listen, did you know that Jesus is 100% man? Yeah. He's 100% man sitting on the throne. And you might say, well, I'll submit to Jesus, but I ain't submitting to no man. You can't submit to man, you can't submit to Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? So there's something to be said to learn how to follow the leading of a shepherd because following the leading of a shepherd will guide you into the truth of helping you experience the anointing and the power of God. Amen. In fact, for that matter, as for this church, my assignment is to help you walk in a greater understanding of that anointing so that you can be free. And so I'm going to help you right now on that for that matter. Because right now, there's a whole lot of stuff going on that says, you know what? you got to be fearful to get sick. There's a lot of stuff. There's the flu. There's the one other. Uh, there's the COVID. There's the, the, the rhino. What is it called? The RSV, the rhinovirus. Yeah, whatever it is. You know, you're going to get sick. Listen, there is a power and a supply that is greater than any sickness. It's the anointing. It destroys the yoke and it removes the burdens there's the blood of Jesus that has already paid the price for the penalty of sickness sin and disease so let's right now as a church by the leading of your shepherd how about we just take a stand right now and make a declaration out of our mouth and say it this way say it with me say in Jesus name I plead the blood of Jesus over my body over my family over my church sickness and disease you can't trespass. I take authority over you and command you to go. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now you might say, well, does that work? It'll work if you believe it. Amen. Well, what if I start feeling bad? Well, you know, symptoms try to show up all the time. You know, there's, there's symptoms in my own body. <clears throat> nope, in Jesus' name, I thank you for the blood. God, I thank you for the anointing. It destroys the yoke and it removes the burdens. Amen. So what are we doing? We're stirring up our faith in the following of a shepherd. Why? Because a wise man or person follows or seeks after the shepherd. Number three, wise men guard their influences of their lives and their family. Amen. This is important. I said that we are living in a time... That there is a move of God that wants to visit 
Genesee Valley Church. But he don't want to just visit Genesee Valley Church. He wants to visit this greater Flint area, and he wants to use you. Amen. Now, in doing so, you'll have to purpose to guard relationships, influences in your life. Because it will either lead you toward the move of God or it will lead you away from the move of God. And more than ever, this time in which we live, it is so crucially important as to who has an influence in your life. Let me give you an example. I said that this scripture gives us all kinds of illustrations of what took place in the greatest move of God when Jesus, the Christ, the anointed one, came into the earth. Let me show you. In verse 3, when Herod heard of Jesus the Christ. It says that Herod the king, when he heard this, he was troubled. You have that up on the screen? Put that up there for me if you don't mind. Is it, uh, yeah, there you go. Oh, no, that's, that's Psalms. Matthew, Matthew chapter, was it chapter 2, verse 3? When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. Is there a comma or a period right there? There's a comma. It says, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and some of Jerusalem with him. Uh, it says that Herod was troubled about the Christ and just a couple people of Jerusalem. It says all Jerusalem were troubled right along with him. Are you seeing the power of influence of people in your life. There will be people that will lead you to the move of God or lead you away from the move of God. Amen. It's important for you to pay attention in this hour because there's a move of God and God wants to visit your home. But it could short-circuit the anointing if you're not careful. Can somebody say amen? Well, why? Because Herod was threatened by this. But why was he threatened? Because he was under the influence of the enemy. Right? The enemy did not want the anointing or the move of God to happen. The enemy does not want there to be a move of God in your marriage. The enemy does not want a move of God in your money. The enemy does not want a move of God in your church or in your nation. And he's doing everything that he can to stop the move of God. So who's got your ear? Who's influencing you? Who's helping you come into a place of knowing him. Have you ever noticed that negativity goes a lot further and runs a lot faster than positive news? Right? I mean, think about it. I mean, you can get the best news in your life. And man, you're as happy as all get out. But you get some bad news, how quickly does that good news diminish? Sure. Negative news or negative influence has the ability to suck the life out of you, does it not? Right? And once again, how many times have we seen that in our lives? We're in the Christmas season right now, and so inevitably you're going to get around the, the dinner tables with the family, and there's that person, you know, I don't know, maybe it's the, the one that's bringing the new girl or, or the new boyfriend to the family. And then they get up and leave the room for a minute. And then everybody starts talking. Did you see what she was wearing? I can't believe he brought her here. Or so-and-so came and was like, I thought we didn't send an invitation. What in the world are they doing here? What happens? Negativity starts happening, right? Right? 
Sure thing. I can't believe. Well, again, why? Because negativity likes to, to draw negativity to itself. But also notice this. Let me, let me just, in verse 7, it says, Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them the time of the start appeared. Did you ever notice that negativity always hides out in secrecy? Right? Don't say it to your face. It's when you get up and leave the table. Right? I can't believe that they brought that dressing. I told them I was going to make the dressing this year. And they dared to bring the same recipe that I had. And everybody's eating their recipe. And I said that I wanted to bring the dressing this time. Right? Brings division and schism. Right? Is anybody tracking with what I'm saying? For sure. Now, again, I, I use that as the example because it's the season that we're in. But this happens all the time. Has it ever happened in your workplace? Somebody starts talking. Well, it sucks the life out of the work environment, doesn't it? Right? Well, how about serving God? Has anybody ever talked about you concerning your pursuit for God? You know, the grandma and grandpa. You know, your kids go over to visit grandma and grandpa. And grandma and grandpa, they don't serve God. But, you know, uh, they say to the kids, what's up with your parents? Your parents are always at the church. I mean, what's the, are, are they like Jesus freaks now? What's up? And so what happens? Grandma and grandpa, because they don't have a relationship with God, they start talking secretly to the grandkids about what mom and dad are doing. And what happens? It begins to set questions into the minds of the children. Well, what's up with mom and dad? Because why? The enemy is endeavoring to stop the anointing in your life, marriage, church, everything about you because the anointing destroys the yoke and it removes the burden. And so we got to be careful of relationships that we allow. In fact, in this season, as we roll into 2023, it is more important than ever to make sure that you have the right people in your life. Because if not, they'll take you down the wrong road. We need people that are going to elevate us, partner with us, because we are going and experiencing the move of God together. Amen? I don't want to drag anybody. I said, I don't want to drag anybody. I mean, I'm looking at these two little girls over here. I'm sorry, not little girls. Both of, them are, both of them are basketball players. And I could talk to both of them and talk about teammates on their, uh, on their team. And, and both of them would say, yeah, you know, it seems like there's that one that we just have to carry. I mean, it's like we have to let them play. But more, we would just assume that they sat down on the bench over there. Right? Well, so listen, we'll carry you if we have to. We're a team. But listen... Just make the choice to jump in. Get into the move of God and allow God to take and elevate you higher because this is the hour that it's needed more. Can somebody say amen? All right. Now, what was the byproduct? I'm closing down here or shutting down here in just a second. Shutting down, not shutting down. Uh -uh, coming to a close. Landing the plane sometime. We'll get there. We still got half a tank of gas, so it might be a while before we landed. <laughs> but notice this. Do you recall the scripture that says that Herod, that he was troubled and all of Jerusalem, the people that he had the, the influence in? So in other words, they were like, yeah, that's right. What's going on? We, we, we stand with, with Herod. 
Well, the person that had the influence in their life and the person that they stood with in agreement concerning the Christ, he turned around and it says that he killed their children two years of age and younger. My point is this, is that there could be some bad fruit that comes into your life by aligning with wrong influences. Right? But there is an anointing that will set us free. Number four, my final point. Wise men go a different direction. I said wise men go a different direction. Herod said to the wise men, he said to him, he says, now when you find the Christ, you come back and you report to us. But the Bible says they were divinely warned to go a different way. Think about that from their perspective. The king invited them to come in, and after he talked to them, he says, now, I want you to come and tell me what you find. This is a direct order from the king, but now there was a higher authority that said, don't go. But naturally speaking, they had to wrestle with that. I mean, the king's expecting this to come back. I mean, you've heard about the king. I mean, if he don't like you, he kills you. I mean, that's just his reputation. Are we really not going to go back and tell the king? Are we really going to disobey his orders? Think about it. They had to wrestle with this, but they chose to follow God rather than follow man. I said they chose to follow God rather than man. You're going to have all kinds of great opportunities in these next several months to follow man or to follow God. There's a move of God that is here, and you're going to have to, by faith, jump in. And you'll experience in your life, in your marriage, in your mind, in your money, every aspect of your life, the move of God, the anointing, is going to set you free. But what direction will you go? Stand with me, if you will. I said that choosing... To follow him is going to be an act of faith. Let me give you a, a final illustration. My pastor, he had shared this one time. And he said, you know, I was watching the golf on television. He says, I hate golf. He said, I was a, I'm a horrible golfer. I hate to play it. Don't even want to do, nothing to do with it. He said, but I do kind of enjoy it. And he said, you know. He said, I do kind of enjoy watching it on TV. And he said, you know, there was one time, he said, I was watching the golf tournament, and it was when Tiger Woods was in his prime. And he says, I'm watching Tiger. He said, this one particular championship, he says, Tiger gets up to the ball. He lines it up, and he's getting ready to put the ball on the green. And he says, all of a sudden, Tiger lines up in a different way. And he puts the ball and he puts it away from the hole. And he said, when I saw Tiger Woods do that, he said, I said out loud, oh my goodness, look at Tiger Woods. He said, I could have done that. He said, I mean, this is Tiger Woods. And he's putting it in an entirely different direction than the hole. And he said, but as they watched it, he said, the ball went out and began to turn and turn. And it came and fell in the hole. And the place erupted. He sunk the putt. And he said, in that moment, he says, God said to me, he said, do you think I'm a, bigger, a better putter than Tiger Woods? He says, what? 
And God said to him, he says, do you think I'm a better putter than Tiger Woods? And he says, well, that is Tiger Woods. (laughs) And he says, well, yes, Lord. He says, I do believe you're a better putter than Tiger Woods. Then he said, you're going to have to trust me. He said, because I know exactly where I want you to be, need you to be. I know the purpose and the plan for your life. I know what I want to do in and through you. And it might look like and feel like I'm putting you in a different direction. But I know exactly how to get you in the hole. It's the anointing that will help us. And all the while that you, do, you start to question God and say, God, is it working? God, it don't look like. Disremember that the season of Christmas brought about an anointing or a power that destroys the yoke, removes the burdens, and it will line you up into the plan and the purpose of God because God is moving. I don't know about you, but I want to be right where God wants me to be. And I want to experience God's best. And I want to be used by God together with you. I'm not going to be moved by what I see. Because I know that God's moving. There's a stirring on the inside that's, God, this is our time. This is our time. God's moving supernaturally. This is the best years of our life coming up. So let's not lay down. Let's not coast. Not just wait to kind of get it cranked back. Let's just jump in. Because there's a move. Amen. Would you bow your head with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the help of the Holy Spirit that ministers to our heart exactly what we need to hear. I thank you, Father, that, God, you have us right in the palm of your hands for such a time as this. I thank you that our best days are ahead, not behind. And I thank you that this is a year and time of increase. And so, God, we refuse to look at things as they were. We refuse to look at things that are empty. We refuse to have a mentality of poverty. We choose to see the anointing working before us, within us, and for us. And so, God, I thank you that the move of God is happening in our house. In Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Amen. Well, listen, I want you to know that we love you and appreciate you, and good things are on the horizon. Amen. Listen, Wednesday night, church prayer, invite you to come on out. And also, member ladies, tonight is the time to get together at Olive Garden. All right? God bless you. We'll see you next time. Well, that's it. Is this the year where you're going to see some change? Is this the year where you'll see restoration in your family? Or is this the year where you're going to allow God to move in your life? We would love the opportunity to help you in that. If you would like more info or if you have any questions, we want to hear from you. You can contact us on our social media sites or directly through our website at gvchurch.tv. We are Genesee Valley Church. Loving God, loving people, loving life.